This is the Quadrant Podcast, episode 14. Hey guys, welcome. Here with us, we have a very special guest. But before we introduce him, please remember to share and like us on Facebook. For more details, go to our blog quadrant.co. That's quadrant with a K. So let's get going with the podcast. Uh, would you please introduce yourself? All right. Well, I'm Talon Windwalker, and uh, I'm a single dad that. Uh, was working in the hospice industry and, and in healthcare for many, many years. And um, just in seeing so many people on their deathbed, kept hearing a common message of uh, regrets. People were talking about trips they wish they had taken, things they wish they had done when they had the chance, etc. And uh, just through the course of those many years, I decided that wasn't going to be me. <laughs> um, I decided that I was going to live without regret. And uh, Hopefully, if I have the chance on my deathbed to be spending time with my family, I'd rather that my son and I talk about all of our memories of all the things we did rather than all the things I wish I had done. So uh, with that in mind, um, around 2009, I went to the Philippines as part of a medical mission to work with children with cleft lips and palates. And uh, while I was there, I was just blown away by their uh, level of community and um, just how joyous they were with such simple lives. And I saw kids making kites out of just grocery bags and having the time of their life, which is not something you'd see in the U.S. very <laughs> often. Uh, we're much more about consumerism and materialism and, and kids are often full of, you know, I want, yeah. I want this, I want that. Every commercial they see, they want to buy that. And um I decided I wanted my son to be raised in different cultures and especially cultures that were more community oriented than the U.S. We're, we like to believe we're community oriented, but really it's only in time of great need. If there's a disaster or something, man, you'll see people pull together, but um, unless it's something major, not so much. And uh, obviously consumerism is a huge part of the American culture. And uh, so I just wanted him to see other things and I didn't want him to grow up with kind of the myopic view that we have in the U.S. Um, you know, as they show with statistics, you know, only 30% of all Americans even have a passport and I'm not even sure out of those 30% how many of them have actually ever had a stamp. So um, I wanted him to be more like a global citizen and to feel that connection on a much broader level, but most importantly, to experience other cultures and see what of those pieces, you know, what pieces of all those cultures he wanted to bring into his own. And um, also to see the world and experience new things. Just travel is an education that you can't get in a school. And um, so I came back from the mission and decided that that was something I was interested in. And the following year, uh, I went to Peru and I met up with a, um, a family that was bicycling with their young sons from Alaska to the tip of Argentina. And uh, we just happened to be in the same city at the same time, so we got together. And uh, after spending time with them, it helped reassure me that, you know, my child could be spending his time being homeschooled and traveling and still be quote unquote normal. And uh, 
just also seeing and hearing the experiences that they have had and the bond that they had. And uh, I just thought, you know, this is really what I want to do. So when we, when I came back from Peru, um, I decided I was going to take my son, who was uh, almost eight at the time, that we were going to plan travel for the next year. We were going to go to Africa for about two and a half weeks or so. And uh, as I started kind of searching about Africa, researching and deciding where we were going to go in Africa, um, I noticed, you know, that there were these visas that you, you could stay for like three months someplace. And I thought, wow, you know, spend a month in somewhere like Tanzania or Madagascar. Wouldn't that be something? And, and I just kind of kept going and going. And, and soon the two and a half week trip turned into six month trip. And uh, I thought, yeah, I can save this up. This, this would work. And then as I was researching, I came across another family who had moved to Thailand and I was following their experiences. And I thought, wow, that would really be something. And uh, I could totally see my son really thriving in that environment. And uh, so the trip became a year and a half. And I thought, well, you know, I can work online and everything, and uh, that's how I can support my, ourselves. Um, if if I can do that for a year and a half, why is there an expiration date? And uh, the big catch was trying to figure out what to do with our pet, Pepe, our dog. And um, so we're still trying to figure it out. We left it at a year and a half, but figured, you know, he could he could stay somewhere. Or maybe once we got to Thailand, then we'd have him shipped over and we would deal with it then. Uh, but he ended up having getting a head injury while we were camping one time. And so we had to put him down. And after he died, it was just kind of like, well, there's really nothing else holding us to coming back. So again, why is there an expiration date on our journey? And at that point, it became unlimited. And so um, in 2011, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my son and I, who was nine at the time, left the States, and uh, we've been traveling ever since. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, wow. I got so many questions. Wow. It, this is amazing. We have had a lot of people that travel searching for themselves or trying to relieve new experiences, but it's always about themselves. I, I think this is the first time we have someone that does this for their children and this this wow uh, it's a very amazing thing for you to do uh, it's i am curious i'm very curious because obviously from my point of view what are you what are you doing is amazing it's an experience for growth that has absolutely no comparison because simply learning from other cultures and, exactly. yeah, and having having perspective a, a little bit of uh, i think i um, As a Latin American that is now living in Europe, one of the things that I think people lack the most is perspective. So uh, it's to have that in such an early age. Wow, I'm, I'm really, really expecting him to grow up to be someone with some such amazing views. Still, I, I assume that at some point you found some criticism from the parts of others. People can be a little bit, what's the correct word for that? I, I think restrictive or stubborn when things related to how to raise your child uh, your children are in question um, I don't know did, did you met any resistance from others you know I know some other traveling families and and they have had issues uh, particularly from other family members it seems to be family members are the worst I actually amazingly I haven't 
really had anyone who has been an naysayer. Everyone was just in awe when I even brought it up. I expected a lot of resistance, and instead, people were like, "Oh my gosh, this sounds so cool! I can't wait to see you know follow your adventures." And what a great education for your son. Even his school teacher, I, I delayed telling the school uh, for a long time because when we were leaving. We were going to be leaving a little bit before school ended for the year, and、um, so I avoided telling him to the last minute. He mentioned it, and I got a phone call, <laughs> and I was just kind of dreading it.、Uh, they said, "We just want, you know, we've heard this. We just want to see is it true." And I said, "Yeah, you know, it is true. This is what we're doing." And even his teacher said, "Oh, he'll learn more traveling than he will, you know, sitting behind, sitting in a chair behind a desk." And I, I was blown away. I thought for sure I was going to have. To at least be lectured, you know, about how I was handicapping him academically, and how was he going to learn, and what about socialization and friends, and、um, and I really didn't get any of that. I mean, I've, I've had some people ask me the question about what about friends and stuff, but it wasn't from a judgmental standpoint. It was more like, "Huh, that sounds like really cool. How do you work it with friends?" And it was one more out of curiosity.、Um, so I've I haven't had any really. And I know other families that have really, really struggled, especially from other members of the family that give them a very hard time about their travels, and I, I just haven't had it. My, my family is not close, and that may be part of it.、Um, my dad committed suicide actually a few months before we left the U.S. Totally unrelated to our departure, but. Um, him and I were never close. I didn't know him for most of my life. I found him in my 30s.、Um, I, after that, I found out I have a half sister. We're not close at all. We've only known each other for just over 10 years now.、Um, and of course, you know, we lived in different states, so we haven't actually spent a lot of time together, anyways. But that whole family, their structure is just not one that's really close. And、um, So when I announced to the family that we were leaving, it was like, okay, whatever. You know, it's not like they have a big relationship with us anyway. So you know, they're already just keep in touch with Facebook. You know, if, if that.、Um, so it was really not a huge change for them.、Um, and all of our friends were pretty supportive. I think too,、um, people that know me know that I'm a little bit、um, adventurous, shall we say? I mean, the ones that have really known me for years and years have. Known that I do what some people might think are wild and crazy things,、um, so I think when I announced it, it was just kind of <laughs> par for the course. They're just like, "Yep, sounds like something Talon would do." <laughs> so,、uh, and they trusted me as a parent that I'm not going to do something that would harm my son, and and I had backup plans,、right. you know, in case this wasn't working out for my son. Because my son,、um, I adopted him when he was six years old. Uh, through foster care, and、uh, because of his earlier life before me, he has some anxiety issues, and、uh, you know we weren't totally sure that that anxiety problem was going to work with this kind of lifestyle. I mean, in school, he needed two different medications to manage his anxiety to a level that he would be able to function well in school.、Um, I didn't have those issues at home, but home's a very controlled, calm environment, so. Travel, oh, you know, I wasn't so sure. I was pretty kind of nervous about it. My gut told me he'd be okay, but just in case, we had backup plans, and that's one reason we started in Mexico, in case he wasn't adapting well to the cultural change. It was an easy flight back home to the states, and 
and then we would know, you know, hey, we tried it, um, but he actually thrived and got off all of his medicines within a couple of months. So obviously it was right, and he's had no issues whatsoever. He's done remarkably well, better than I ever expected. So um, I think that helped with people too, because they they could tell that while it sounds crazy that we're just going to leave and, and travel indefinitely. Um, on the other hand, they knew that if I saw any adverse response from my son, then our journey would be coming back. And I knew when we left that once he became a teenager, you know, teens, their, their world revolves around their friends. And at that point, he might not want to travel anymore. And, and if that was the case, then fine. If he wanted to come back to the States, we would. If he just wanted to find a spot in a foreign country and stay put for a few years, then fine. That's what we would do. So I think that helped as well. But I know, I think a lot of it's just the family and friends you have, because I know some of these other families that are, um, you know, more well-off than me. They have, generate a higher income and they have a bigger support system and they have all kinds of different things. And, and they, even after being on the road for a couple of years, they're still getting grief from their families quite a bit. So sometimes it's just uh, the luck of the draw, I guess. Uh, oh, wow. What are some memorable moments or, or stories that have come through your travels? Something that sticks oh, out. Oh, there's so many, you know. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that sticks out, um, you know, just kind of right away is my son and I uh, love scuba diving. And we were living in Utila, um, which is an island in Honduras. And um, he became certified in scuba, and I became a scuba instructor. And so uh, diving was a big part of our life for, the, you know, um, we had been traveling for, like, I think two months before we got to Utila, and then we were there for eight months. So that was a significant portion of our first year of travel was on this tiny island of Honduras in the Caribbean Sea. And, um, you know, our life pretty much revolved around diving, <laughs> diving and um, just enjoying the, the tiny island. He, he had a level of independence that would be practically impossible to find anywhere else. Um, but we celebrate uh, two times a year. We have a celebration that sort of revolves around the adoption. The, the first one is Gotcha Day, and that's the day we celebrate the anniversary of when he moved in with me. And then we celebrate Forever Day, which is the anniversary of when the adoption became final. And so his forever day was coming up and uh, a nearby island is known for a shark dive that they wow. do. And um, we were both really excited about that. And since he was a diver, um, the challenge was his, uh, because of his age, his depth requirement, you know, the maximum he can go is, is actually kind of shallow. As, and it is too shallow for the shark dive. You have to be able to go down deeper. But as an instructor, I've taken him on deeper dives occasionally just to kind of see how it would go. And I felt confident that on the shark dive, he would be fine. And so I spoke with the dive center and, you know, they were, they were willing to put the liability on me and say, well, it's parental choice. And so um, because of that, he was able to do this dive with me. And uh, there was another a young man that had been on the island volunteering and uh, we met on one of our trips coming back to the island 
and we kind of just adopted each other. <laughs> and so he went with us and we went to uh, the island of Roatan and we did a shark dive. And I think that was like, when I think about memorable experiences, that's one of the ones that just cut out at me. Um, and then I'm a big time wreck diver. I love wrecks. And when we were in Mexico, one of these pastimes, um, we were living on the island of Cozumel, which is a phenomenal spot for diving. And there, there's a wreck there. And he has always wanted to go to a wreck. And now that he's had over 30 dives, I feel even more comfortable. He's a little older. And so um, we went down and he got to do, I took him through the wreck. And uh, that for me was really cool because I love wrecks. I love diving, I love my son. So be able to take my son through a wreck, that was just really cool for me. So that, that was a great moment. And then um, I would say another time is we have been doing house sitting and, and we got a house sitting gig um, on an, island, an oasis in Morocco. And so for two months, we lived on this oasis in rural Morocco. And that was an incredible experience. It, for me, it was very transformational. Um, didn't really impact my son as much, <laughs> but uh, he was more focused on the fact that we had to use 3G for our internet and it was super, super slow. And that was really frustrating. <laughs> for, uh, for me, I was able to soak in all of this unique experience of living on an oasis, uh, which at times was almost like glamping. Um, and then these relationships of having to go into, into town about three times a week for groceries. And Morocco, you don't just, it's not here where you go to the supermarket and you can get everything, including tires. In Morocco, you go to the quote unquote supermarket, you'll find some frozen meat, maybe. Uh, you'll find a little bit of dairy, and then the rest are, you know, like sensory items like dishwashing detergent and pasta. And, um, canned goods just they don't sell anything fresh and so then you go to another guy for your fruit and you go somewhere else for your vegetables and then you have your favorite butcher for your meat then you might have your fish guy then you go somewhere else to get your chicken because your chickens are live when you when you buy them and then they kill it and pluck it and do all, all that stuff so you come in place your order they put the chicken on the scale you say okay and then you have you know about five ten minutes to go do your other stuff so I would say hi to them, get my chicken, and while they were taking care of it, I'd go over to our bread vendor and get our bread. So you have all these different relationships that you have, you know, just because you're constantly there. Um, and, and so you get to see the culture at a much different level than if you're popping in for three or four days. And so over these two months of building relationships, really getting to know the Moroccan people and, and the culture of that area, interfacing with people, riding on the really crowded, cramped minibuses and uh, shared taxis. You really, you just experience it at such a different level. And for whatever reason, that time of my life, that whole experience ended up being very transformational for me. And so that's a huge memory I have as well. Wow. One uh, question that just came up to my mind. How do you deal with language? Um, well, you know, that, that can be a challenge. <laughs> um, I speak fluent Spanish, and there's a lot of places we go that Spanish works. Uh, I'm a, I guess you'd say, advanced beginner for French, so sometimes um, between a combination of languages you can make it work. 
Other times you just kind of pantomime. I mean, what I found, we've, like in Morocco, generally most people speak French, but where we lived, there were a lot of people that didn't. It was Arabic only, and I don't speak Arabic at all. Like I, I remember two words now. I learned maybe 10 when I was there. Um, that can be more of a challenge, but what I find is... Uh, it always works, you know. Sometimes it's pantomiming. You've got to, you know, really play your best game of charades, um, and it always just kind of works out. There was one time we were in a line, and uh, between French, my little French, and his little English, we were trying to figure something out, and pantomiming and pointing wasn't working. And uh, so finally, I just, I know that some Moroccans will speak Spanish, and so I just said Spanish, and he's like, nope. But someone in the line heard that I said Spanish, and he left, and he knew a guy down the street that speaks Spanish. So he went and got him, brought him into the store, and so between the two of us, we were able to make it work. Um, buying a ticket in uh, Tanger to go take the train to Marrakesh, it took three different languages <laughs> for us to work it out. And, you know, it just, it, it just always works out. There's always something. Either they know just enough English to make it work or um, I always do try to learn some useful terms before we go to a new country um, just because of that uh, I think it's also just respectful but you get so much more out of it if you can do even basic communication even if all you can do is say thank you in a language that alone is huge and so I usually try to pick up some phrases if I can um, before we go otherwise I I have a smartphone which has a Google Translate app on it, and that that has I started using that later in our travels, and that has really been helpful because I can bring it up and show them the word, or hit the play button and it'll say it for them, and and that's been extremely helpful. But really, you can do it. It's it, it can be nerve wracking and kind of scary sometimes because you do wonder like, well, what if no one speaks English and I need this train ticket and how do I say that? But it always, it just always works out. If you're willing and if you're not um, too concerned about embarrassing yourself, you know, which I'm not, <laughs> it, it's, it's easy. And, and my son does a remarkable job at it. He just doesn't let the communication barrier really solve, you know, stop much. He's learned through three years of, tra over three years of travel now, you know, how to suggest other ideas if the word he's using doesn't work. Um, or he'll just say one word instead of a sentence, and it just always comes out. Wow, you have you have gone through three years already of travel. Three years, over three years Ooh. now. Yeah, six continents. Are, are you keeping Are you keeping a no. map of all the places you have visited? Yes, I do. I do have one. Um, mostly, I've been doing it for my son, so that when he's older, he'll have something to reference to show every place he's been and um, all the different cities. And, and sometimes it's just fun too, because I think, wow, we've been doing this for just over three years and there's a few places that really stand out in my mind, but then I go to add another city to the map and it gives me a rundown. I'm like, oh, wow, you've actually been to a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Have, uh, are you keeping a blog of everything this or are you planning to write a book or something? Because all these experiences that you're communicating to me seem so noteworthy and so out of the common uh, aspect of everything. And so, I don't know, unexplored in the way they, they uh, influence people that it's, it's almost worth documenting. Hell, if, if I made documentals, I will make a documentary out of you. <laughs> uh, we do have a blog, and so a lot of our stuff goes on there. Of course, not everything, because that's a lot. Um, and I don't think everyone would... I don't think people want to know every single little detail. But uh, I do blog regularly about things that we're experiencing and places we're, we're at and um, some of our experiences. And I will be writing a book Um I have one I've started that just talks about kind of like our first year and the preparation to go and lessons learned in the first year. But I think um, once my son is you know, reaches adulthood and starts his own adventures, I'm probably going to go back and and write something just covering those last. You know, at that point it'll be several years. So um, hopefully people will find that interesting. But the blog seems you know our blog is fairly popular. And I think people do enjoy not only reading about what we're doing and some of our adventures, but I think for them too, it's fun to kind of watch my son grow up. It's it sounds so amazing. I don't know how, how I didn't know about you guys before. I'm I'm adding you to the list of all the, of all <laughs> <laughs> of all the blogs and things we're following because this this is wow such an amazing adventure and so much information that comes out from it because so so many people change to travel but so many people grow into travel our list they're not so well documented there's so much that can come out of this simply so much I. I deeply congratulate you out of your decisions of life because I, I am I am envious. I am envious myself of, of all your son is going through. It's really, <laughs> really something worth speaking about. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I, I think you know, travel travel can be very transformative if you leave yourself open to it. I think I think that's the big thing is that a lot of people when they travel, they're just either they're getting away on holiday or They just want to go and see a few tourist sites, and, and that's kind of the extent of where their frame of mind is. And then there's other people that when they travel, uh, even if it's just for a few days, they leave themselves open to the experience. And I think, you know, you can't help but be changed when you visit other countries and experience other cultures and interact with the people there. Um, you know, before I left, I, I, you know, I suffered fairly fairly often with depression. I, I would have several depressive episodes a year um, that I had to deal with. And I I can't say I was the most positive person. I was probably a, bit more, a little bit more of a pessimist. Um, but then after our travels, I'm completely different. I rarely ever have any depression. And I am extremely optimistic. Um, in fact, my son teases me about it sometimes. Huh. So it's But that's been because I've left myself open to experiences, because I'll interact with locals, and because we're traveling. I mean, just the act of traveling around changes how you view life and the world. But we've had so many incredible experiences that have just been of people being absolutely beautiful. You know, in the media, the news, we see a lot of the ugly side of humanity, yeah. but Uh, as traveling, because we're not watching the news, um, we're watching people, um, 
and interacting with them, I've seen the opposite. Yeah, there is there is ugliness in the world. There's no there's no doubt about it. But there's a lot of beauty and kindness and people for the most part, I would say, are genuinely good, caring people. And we've seen it time and time again. And so that's really, really changed my outlook. And the other thing I've, I've finally been able to develop too is not worrying too much. I've always had to fight worrying my whole life. Um, part of that's just because of my rough childhood. I've always had to be a survivor. So I've always had to be contemplating the next 40 steps and having, you know, plan B, C, D all the way through Z and sometimes going into double letters. But now as, as I've traveled and we've been on the receiving end of so much kindness, but also have seen so much of where it always works out. You know, there's, there's times the bank account's been kind of scary low there, um, but everything, it always works out. And I've seen it time and time again. And so now I'm, I don't really worry much. I might have a few moments when I'm like, ooh, I wonder how this is gonna go, but then it's over with because I know it always works out, always. May not be the way you expected it, but it always works out for the best. And that's radically changed my life. And I don't think I would have reached that had I not engaged in this type of lifestyle. I would not, probably would not have seen as much beauty and compassion in the world. And I wouldn't have had the experience of simply just trusting that things will work out. And that has been quite liberating in many ways. And millions of people could learn a lot from you on that, really. Oof, because people worry too much. Wow. Right. Yeah. It's, some people take it to the Olympic competitive level of worrying. <laughs> I know. I know several of those. So uh, to, yeah. to, to finish, I think my, my last question will be, what are your future plans? What, what are your expectations, at least for the, for the coming years, regarding all these wonderful adventures you are both living? You know, I don't put a lot of expectations expectations on things. I prefer to leave it open to see what happens. Um, but right now we're in a little bit of transition. Um, my son is becoming a teenager next month. And as I expected, he's kind of ready to slow things down a bit. So uh, right now we're in Mexico and we're kind of evaluating if um, number one, if we are ready to kind of have a long-term base, so still travel, but instead do shorter trips and uh, ones that are less frequent. Um, also deciding if this is the actual area that we want to set up as a long-term base. He's wanting a little bit more of, of home, maybe having a pet again, because we both miss having that. Um, and just a little bit more stability than our nomadic ways so far have given him. So right now we're evaluating, like I said, if we're really ready for that. Um, And if we are, then we're trying to find the area that uh, we want to go ahead and settle down in. Well, so we'll be doing that for the next, for most of the rest of this year, um, just kind of exploring whether or not that's um, what we're going to do or not. Well, that that's interesting. That's cool. It's it's going to it's going to see it's going to be interesting to see how he goes through all this while he grows up. It's going to be truly interesting. It really will. I've, I mean, I've seen the changes through him, you know, for the last few years. It's been pretty incredible. And uh, it, it's, I don't want him to grow up. But <laughs> at the same time, I, 
kind of interested to see what happens. I'd like, I'm, I'm very curious to see what his adult life is going to be like and, and what kind of adventures he has as an adult and what he decides to do. It's, it's kind of fun to just watch and, and see, see, see him blossom and how things evolve. It is. It is. Well, thank you very much for, for participa participating in this and, and wanting to be a part of this. I'm really, really glad that we, we got a chance to record this episode because with every single episode to, uh, that we record, I, I learned. I learned from the people we talk to. And every time I have one of these conversations, my, well, my perspectives open up and I start thinking in new ways. So this is always a very experience a very good experience for all of us and for everyone listening as as a final comment i, w I would like to uh ask you if you know what reddit is you know reddit the web page do i know where reddit what? reddit yes I have do. you ever considered doing uh, mm -hmm. ask me anything yeah i have one of my friends uh wanted me to actually recommend it strongly that i do it and i just haven't done the, the taken the time to set it up and schedule it and all that things but i it seems like something interesting yeah yeah i i spend a lot of time on reddit in fact several of our guests from their earliest episodes were from reddit and it's a very interesting community and they always mm -hmm. make questions that you don't expect so i highly recommend that you do you do that you yeah. go into that and do uh, one of those interviews and if you ever do so please tell me beforehand because i want to be a part of it and i want to be there reading and making the questions too okay will do well talon thanks for your time and for your story we hope you and your son keep on traveling and discovering this amazing world of ours so remember guys we're on facebook and on quadrant.co that's with the k if you have a story do not be shy and just share it. You might inspire someone else around the globe. Just email us at infoquadran at gmail.co. Well, from Barcelona, Spain, we say goodbye. And until next time, keep on traveling and keep on dreaming.